Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the chatter. You're in the chatter box here. It is Monday, August 29th, and um, there was a, a brief error made. Oh, in what way? Well, we got stuck on episode 55 for a couple of weeks. <laughs> we did? How many episodes 55 well, did we record? Yeah, yeah. So last week was 56. Erroneously mentioned to Michael Matt that it was 55. Oh. But uh, so that makes 57 today if I've got all the fingers counted yeah. right here. So <laughs> to uh, all of the grade school math teachers that called me up and said, that's wrong, we appreciate your care here. In the name of the, the Father, Father, and the Son, and the, and the Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. Mm-hmm. Remember, Real most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, protection implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Episode 57, for the record. Let the record read that here. There you go. On 829, so you know the feast today? It's yeah. the same, same, whether you're in the old calendar or the new calendar. Which is rare. It is yeah. rare. John the Baptist. <gasps> yes. John the Baptist what? He just said it before. Like uh, his birth? birth. Nope. No, 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 his, no, 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 no. His haircut. Oh. The just take a little the off the top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. St. John the Baptist, forgive us. He's my us. guy. Yeah. He's my guy. He's your guy. Yeah, I like him. Your name's not John. Well, my confirmation is. John the Baptist John or John the no, beloved I disciple? I, I can, I, I got <laughs> several John, jobs. Yeah, you get <laughs> Red Ruth? Ruth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're not going to let the Raboof go here, huh? Yeah. Where did that we'll come from? We'll talk about that no. throughout the show here. All right, we got a couple of events coming up here uh, over in Cedar Rapids. You all know Sue Martinek over in Cedar Rapids, pro-life events. Sue does a marvelous job over there. There's some uh, pro-life uh, items coming up Saturday, September, twi- uh, September 10th, 9-2 at the St. Patrick Parish Center. Emily Albrecht is coming in. Let's see what else. National Day of Remembrance for Aborted Babies, Sunday, September 11th, at the Murdoch Linwood Cemetery over there. 40 Days for Life going on September 28th, and oddly enough, for 40 days till November 6th. And the National Life Chain, Sunday, October 2nd, uh, 2 until 3 at St. Matthew's which is down there on First Avenue. Anyway, Sue Martinek does a great job. Her number's 319-270-0054. You know Sue, don't you? Well, the whole country knows Sue. She's yeah. the one that had to um, respond to Lois Lerner on Capitol Hill because remember Lois Lerner with the IRS was denying Sue's pro-life group in Cedar Rapids? Oh, right. Their um, yeah. 501c3 status oh, or whatever it was yeah, that they were. Yeah, yeah Sue Martinek sure. testified in front of Congress. The whole country saw it. Yeah. Yeah. She barked. She did. Yeah. And she won. I think Lois Lerner and the IRS got slapped back on that one. Yeah, well, uh, they played the fifth, you know. Well, they weaponized the IRS. Yeah. And doing that. They, we need 85,000 more IRS. See, now you lit that fuse with <laughs> AK-47s, don't they? 
Yeah. So I, what is up with that? Well, I hear it. So I I was trying to figure it out. I heard one commentary over the weekend, which I thought was rather. They're going after the gig economy. You know what the gig economy is? No. It's when you don't have a real job. You got a gig. So what's your gig? Uh, a food hub or or DoorDash or or whatever yeah. you know. So if you don't have a real job and you got to work two or three of these where you're driving around using your car and your gas to deliver pizzas or or uh, subs or or whatever it is, that's the gig economy here, which is saying I got a gig. That kind. So of. now think about this. So these people that are working, these can't be high paying jobs. They're not. I did it for a while. <laughs> That's not. You worked well, no. for the IRS for a while? <laughs> yeah, right. No. <laughs> I was an Did Uber driver. I, I need to pay attention. I was an Uber driver. Oh, Trust Uber me, you didn't, you didn't make much money. So yeah, the yeah, Uber drivers Uber, carry Uber, yeah, AK-47. Yeah. Uber and what's the other Uber? Uh, Lyft. And Lyft. 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 Yeah, that's, yeah. that's gig economy. Taxi yeah. These are not high-paying jobs. So, the, so I saw a guy... Um, and I got his face, and I can't think of his name. Bob Cudlow, or uh, not, oh yeah, Cudlow. No, no, not the no. other guy. Oh. Larry Cudlow. Larry. No, no, that's Larry Cudlow. There's another Bob oh, okay. guy out there, and he's a bright guy. And he says, he says they're doing this to come after the gig economy. Now think about that. We're going to do hire eighty-five thousand IRS agents and and equip them with their packing, <laughs> yeah. and they're going to come knocking on the doors up and down the streets. Looking for Uber drivers? Yeah. Because okay. because they're holding a second job driving, you know, at and, nighttime. And they're not to paying try, enough of their taxes. Trying here. to make so a buck, you know. Yeah. yeah. So what's it going to take? You know, a couple hundred thousand dollars with benefits, <laughs> training, and, and ammunition to get an IRS times 85000 to go on out after yeah. <laughs> a couple of guys trying to make a couple of bucks yeah. on DoorDash. <laughs> It's make, crazy. Make it's a sense. crazy world. Well, it makes sense to me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, and then, and yeah. then, now that you got me going. Oh, he's on another rant. Let's forgive everybody's college tuition. Okay. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. Let's. Like, I paid off my college loans. Do I get my money back? That would be a no. <laughs> what about the, What about the parents who saved in their college funds, those college, what are the numbers? Uh, 529. 529 plans. Yeah. And the grandparents that did it, and the guys that you know w- went out and and did an, an Uber. Dr- <laughs> yeah, the guys that were driving Uber to pay, to off, pay off the college, college loan. <laughs> <laughs> what about them guys? Yeah, exactly. Oh. Oh. Boy, oh, somebody help me. These two are wound up today. Oh, I tell you, it's, yeah, telling, yeah. You can't. I, who's who's a script writer anyway? Who's who's writing the script in in? Uh, is it Saturday Night Live? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. No, I don't know. I, I, I think Crazy. it's... Crazy. Yeah. And, and while we're at it. Yes. Yeah, so well, I mean, we at, actually, when, you know, you go back, I mean, in this kind of, it was on a segment, going back to the college thing. I mean, all they're after, the left is after the votes, you know? Oh, you guys, you're going to give me $10,000 pay off my debt? You know? Well, I think yeah, it's going to backfire because all the guys that didn't get $10,000 are going to vote the other way. Yeah. But, but while they're... While they're doing it, they say they can't. You know, they can't afford to pay it off because they don't have jobs. Well, when when you when you majored in theatrical dance lighting, <laughs> there's no market for that. <laughs> <laughs> well. But they were going to get those votes anyway. 
Those young college skulls Probably, full yeah. of mush. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Ancient Sumerian dialects. Yeah. Well, I wonder how many of those college kids have gigs. Maybe the IRS could go after them and get their money back. Then. <laughs> get our money back. Seriously. Our money. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, that, maybe that'll do it. If you, get a, if you get your loan paid off for ten grand, maybe you get a sticker. Because don't they get you stickers when, when you go to school to, for dance? Don't you get a, a little Happy Bear sticker? And you can show that to the IRS agents as back off. <laughs> I'm one of you guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. My goodness. They're just out of control here in the studio today. Hey, we're just reading the news. Yep. And it's horrific. That's why we have to laugh at it. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Closer to home, Marlene Waller says hi over at Holy Spirit. Marlene says, hope all is well with you and your family. And she retired at the end of April. And then she's saying she wants a public service announcement for Holy Ghost Campus uh, September 18th. Mark, you know about this here. Chicken and ham, silent auction, kid zones, 1030 till 4 on the um, 18th. So which is the... Uh, campus here it's holy ghost proper is that yes. correct yes right and because they've got yeah. sacred heart and right holy trinity yep and it's kelmas's catering oh mm. really mm. good really good mm-hmm. chicken oh maybe we should say it starts at 11 and you and i go out 10 30 <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> all right that's part of the deal with you make the public service announcements what else going on, Colleen? I don't know. You got a book in your hand. You want to talk promote. about this guy? Yep, you go right ahead. You're on a I'm roll. I'm all talked out. No, you're on a roll. I'm all interested right. to Wednesday, see how you're going to this Wednesday, October one. 19th, Father William Casey of the Fathers of Mercy is coming to Dubuque, and he's going to be talking about apostates. Preserving the Faith in an Age of Apostasy, You Shall Stand Firm. It's a great book published by EWTN. He promised me, promises me he's going to have a bunch of books I would imagine he'll sign them. Trying to talk him into saying mass here, but he's been on, on um, you know, they, they are itinerant preachers. Mm-hmm. So that's their, their, they're not diocesan priests. Right. They are religious order priests, the Fathers of Mercy, and their mission is itinerant preaching, which means they go and preach for their dinner, right? Yep. Trying to track these guys down and find out what parish they are is not easy. You have to text them. We should do that. We should try texting. I hear he loves text. (laughs) That's not our group. So tickets are on sale now at uh, kcrd-fm.org. We've got individual seats. Uh, We've got preferred seating. We've got table seatings. I don't know if they're tables of 8 or 10. We haven't looked yet, but they'll um, they'll be big tables. You're going to get a table. Yep. You betcha. We'll be there. So go to kcrd-fm.org. I can't wait. I think it's good. If You've heard him speak. Yeah, he's very good. I would venture to say most people listening to KCRD know his voice and probably don't quite know because we carry the Fathers of Mercy, what, twice a week, a couple times? Right, yeah. The weekends here. And he's got a YouTube channel. He's mm. very good to listen to. Mm-hmm. No bones about it. What do you got? So um, I got this uh, video I watched with Bishop Barron interviewing Shia LaBeouf. 
Is that how you say his name? Well, I was hoping you knew. I'm, I'll go with that Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf, who I've never heard of. Apparently he's a young actor, and he's playing Padre Pio. I heard a couple when they first heard him, they th- they weren't too impressed with him. He's an atheist. Yeah, he's an atheist. and uh, um, Not that we don't love atheists. Yeah, but playing Padre Pio opened him up to Catholicism. He's converted to the Catholic faith, and you know what did it? Hmm. The beauty of the Latin Mass. <laughs> Go ahead. Are you going to set up that line? What's did that? you? Mark, did you hear it? No, you don't. You don't yeah. know about it here. Do I know about it? Well, when he was talking to Father Barron, right. Bishop Barron. So he's talking to Barron, and he was saying how he's been to some Novus Ordo, but he said, "I feel like they were trying to sell me a car." <laughs> and with the guitars, and he just said it was just. I instantly rebelled. Against that kind of smarmy, trying to sell me something. And then he said, and I went to the Latin Mass, and he said, it was so beautiful. It was like I was being let in on a secret. So he's a Latin Mass girl. I'm not sure if Bishop Barron knew what to say to that. Well, you got to listen to the whole, it's an hour and 20 minutes, isn't it? It is. Listen to the whole uh, interview. It's on YouTube. It's on Bishop Barron's website, I think, is where it is, yeah. Yeah, if you uh, look on YouTube channel, Bishop Barron and Shia LeBeouf, and I thought, boy, that name sounds kind of familiar, and I was thinking one of the North American martyrs had that last name, but it, not quite. Close. It was St. Jean de Brebeuf. Oh. Not LeBeouf. I'm say probably quick enough, it sounds uh, like they're related. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you never know. Could mm. have been a shirt tail relative. <laughs> Could have been. Anyway, so that's my good news of the day. That is good news. Those Frenchies got a word for everything, don't they? (laughs) Steve Martin. That was so funny. (laughs) All right. Mark, you look a little haggard over there. Yeah, I'm a little wore out after the... At that weekend here? Weekend of the golf outing the Knights of Columbus put on, and it was a huge fundraiser for the council again. Huge crowd. Huge crowd, yeah. Biggest crowd we've ever had and most money we've ever raised at a golf outing. I've got to say, there, this is the so. first time I've ever had a hangover from a bratwurst. What was in that? <laughs> it wasn't the brats. What was it? It was the maid rights. Oh, the maid rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They it were, was spicy. They were. I thought it was Colonel Sanders, 11 herbs and spices <laughs> in a maid right. It yeah. was spicy. Made yeah. my nose There run. is actually 13 different things I put into it, so... And then I, of course, added Donna's famous <laughs> ground jalapeno peppers and stuff. So that kind of spiced it up a little bit there. I got a so. feeling in the kitchen Donna put them in while you weren't looking and you came back and said, well, I better put in a tablespoon <laughs> of Donna's <laughs> peppers already here. put in a cup or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you yeah, know, we Germans, but, we just, we like sour cream. We yeah. don't like the spicy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great to see uh, Father Dave, Father Tom, uh, Father uh, Andy there, and mm-hmm. all the seminarians. How does that, that was... work out? I mean, the guy walks out with a golf bag and a leaf blower. Well, <laughs> Didn't get his ticket drawn a single time. No, I know. Isn't that something? Yeah, he that had was... them all lined up. We were sitting at his table. He had what them all that? lined up. Yep. <laughs> numeric order. By color. By color. And then and by then... numeric order. Quite, quite the guy. I won nothing. But, yeah. He won nothing. Nothing. Donna was kind enough. She, you know, she says, I never win anything, you know. And then she, she won like yeah. three, four times yeah, that she, night. Yeah, I know. So she was kind enough to, she said, I don't golf that much. Why don't I just don't give the bag to Father Upa? 
and you and uh, and he was thrilled because <laughs> he had told he needs one. Yeah, exactly. Did you see the condition of his? No, I didn't. It's, it's, it's bad shape. Yeah, looks like Caddyshack coming out of the pond. <laughs> oh, <Jim. laughs> so he, he was one. he was pretty happy. So, so what's going on with the nights? There's a couple of breakfasts coming up, aren't they? No, no, I've got St. Pat's. Oh, Thursday. Well, Thursday. I thought we had a no. fall breakfast fundraiser lined up. Oh, we got the Italian night. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's going to be big. Spicy meatball. There we go again here, Colleen. It's a spicy meatball. <laughs> <laughs> so that's October, Saturday, October 22nd after the 415 Mass. At St. Colum. St. Colum Kill, yep, yep. So that'll be a, another nice fundraiser that... Because we've given away a lot of money to mm-hmm. different organizations and to the parish for, you know, upgrading... You know the new. Uh, Maybe we we'll get some more window donations there after that big expense. Holy yeah. cow! Yeah, that was a big one. The, mm. That and the new. Uh, we finally got a stove. <laughs> you know, and that works. You know, we used to have to have the lighters back there every time we'd light the burners. We'd have to get the lighters out to light the, <laughs> the gas lights. <laughs> just going like one of these days, this thing's going to just blow up. But fortunately, it didn't. So. <laughs> Yeah, so we got a new stove. We're happy about that. So you guys probably have the most active council in town, don't you? We do. Oh, by far. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and there was a lot of nice comments. I mean, that placement that Les and Don yeah. did mm-hmm. really laid out what we, you know, the major things that we've been doing and stuff. And I had a lot of uh, emails and. You're phone. starting to worry me that you're noticing placemats, Mark. I mean, you're <laughs> turning in your man card now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they, I only notice if they're color books. Well, well, yeah. You, yeah. You're all right, Colleen. It's just. So we're actually going to take that placemat and fold it in half and use it as a church bulletin insert and talk about the nights and what we all do and things like that. Very impressive. I mean, 5000 here, 4000 there, 1000 here, there, and the other place. That's a, yeah. a lot big of money. Big budget this year. It was a big yeah. budget this last year. I, I was shocked at mm. how much money we went through. Mm. So it was it, all good, you know. Such so. a great group of guys. Yeah. If anyone would like to get involved in a parish, I'll I'll say consider joining St. Column Kills and the Knights over there because what a great group of guys. Yeah, well, this is going to air right before the meeting here. Isn't the first uh, meeting Wednesday, September sixth? Sixth, yeah, sixth. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna air this Labor Day weekend. Yep, and it's been known as Issue Fifty Seven. I heard that, that. <laughs> or Fifty Five Part Three. Yeah, <laughs> dot one, dot one. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Well. Let's take a break, come back on the uh, chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD and the KCRD mobile app. we got to talk about the mobile app when we come back. We're back. This is the chatter. You're in the chatterbox on episode 57. Mark Hager's in the house. Colleen, are you all right? You, you're I'm not going to sneeze, are you? No, They're, I'm not going to sneeze because like we don't have a mute button. No. <laughs> Nor Kleenexes. Well, right oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You have That's to for, share. Yeah, oh, I got to share these? Come on. Oh, Oh, so anyhow, I'd like to lead off with, you know, some bad news, and that's the uh, California is voting on seven new bills to promote child sacrifice out there um, with the abortions. And they're basically, they just 
to me, they want to become the abortion capital of the world, you know. So they're, they're not only promoting abortion, they're promoting everybody even basically fly into California, we'll perform the abortions for free, we'll give you a vacation or whatever you need, you know, and stuff. But the other thing that they're doing is lowering the standards of what, how these abortions are done and, and, and the facilities. What do you mean by that? Well, I didn't read the whole thing or didn't hear the whole thing, um, but what what they were talking, the lady was talking about today is she said you can go online and look at this stuff. And she said basically it's like if nobody's going to come in and check on you. So to see if no inspections of no the inspections, facilities, make yeah. sure they're clean. Right, or... exactly. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it's just Isn't that. that. It wasn't that the big... Um, narrative colleen that we weren't going to turn the clock back and go into the alleys where they mm-hmm. were all unsuper they were going to be yeah. rare safe safe legal and, and legal yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. right but now we're going to fly in and of course the uh, corporate, corporate america yeah. is they're all over this colleen oh of course they what are. did we have at last count 58 My, or 60 yeah i think there's over 60 companies now that have said that they will pay for their employee to go travel out of state, if they're in a state that doesn't have abortion or has restrictions, um, they'll pay for the travel. Though I don't know, they might even pay for the abortion. They're giving you thousands of dollars. Well, I'm going to bring this up online. I think they want to go further than that, don't they? I thought one company was contemplating giving maternity leave for your your abortion. I did yeah. see that. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say this online. There's a company here in Dubuque. One of our knights is working out there. It's Nordstrom, and they sent out an email and said, if you want to get an abortion. We'll fly you to wherever. Abortion's uh, so. legal in Iowa. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Which so. brings up another item that our our good attorney Art Galoon has talked about here. The uh, battle is nowhere, mm. nowhere over here. Uh, Dobbs overturning Roe and and uh, Casey mm. simply moves it back to fifty state cap- capitals and. Uh, as you point out, Iowa is... And in the state of Iowa, abortion is legal through the end of the sixth month. Now, that's well past viability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. End of the sixth month. And then, not, not as if that's not bad enough, let's say you are in your seventh month of pregnancy or your eighth month or your ninth month. If a doctor determines that do your your emotional health necessitates an abortion, then you can still have an abortion. Right. Yep. All nine months. What's that objective criteria, by the way? It's up to the doctor. It's uh, physical health, emotional health. Uh, there was another one. There like was three financial of them, yeah. health. Financial, or I think, was something. The other. So yeah. a woman in her ninth month in Iowa could say to her doctor, "I'm having a lot of anxiety." Um, or I am having a lot of depression. I just can't have this baby. Physician yep. says, okay, mental health, emotional health, and we'll do an abortion. That's in Iowa. Hmm. Horrible. But so we need to um, be ever vigilant. We do. We and do. Uh, we really do need to pray. I mean, these, uh, these are issues that are... They're not going to go away. We need to win each of the uh, hearts and minds of, mm-hmm. of people going in. And we need to contact our local representatives and our state representatives and, and let them know how we feel. And for sure, I mean, now that it's at a local level, I'd much rather go to Des Moines than out to Washington, D.C. I thought right. what was yeah. disturbing on the uh, the point here is, was it Facebook and Twitter that are suppressing 
the advertisements for crisis pregnancy centers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I read that too. What so. is the big? I mean, why do so many people want to kill babies? I don't get it. Why do so many people? Well, I th- I think this is so. We're recording on today's the what the 29th here. Earlier today, Drew Mariani had Archbishop Salvador Cal- Cordelion from um, San Francisco talking about what you brought up in in California State House, Mark, and he. I almost had to pull over and listen because it's the first time I've heard an archbishop in the United States frame the conversation correctly, Colleen, that said this is a satanic child sacrifice. Now, he may not have used those words specifically, but he said it is evil, it is from Satan, we are sacrificing children to uh, Baal and Moloch, and it ain't new, it's been going on for thousands of years and he quoted some some passages in in scripture this is there there is no loving logic i mean when people say i don't want this child to be lonely i'm going to kill him think about that for a moment this these are not loving words yeah i just i i it's beyond my understanding why there is such a bloodthirst for abortion because satan likes blood well, that's the only explanation, because it's it's beyond just a human thing. It's it is of of Satan. It's a good time to punctuate this, because this is uh, predominantly. I mean, the webcast, the podcast, and the mobile app uh, all over the country, but the terrestrial signals here in the tri-states, Colleen. There's no reason why any woman should have mental health apprehension about bringing a child into this world in um, Dubuque, Joe Davies, and, and Grant counties based on the resources, beginning with Mary's Inn. Yep, Mary's Inn, we've got the only maternity home in eastern Iowa here. So if a girl, uh, you know, the whole reason it started was a couple young teenagers went home and told their parents they were pregnant, and their parents said, you have an abortion or you get out. And get they, out of the house. Get out of the house. And uh, these girls said, we don't want to have an abortion. And they said, then you're out. So that's the whole reason Mary's Inn started, was because no one should have to choose between having a roof over their head or killing their baby. And not just a roof, but transportation, food, medical, medical care, some uh, cash, call the Uber guy. Yeah. <laughs> what else do I have? You know, food, clothing. Right. And there's lots of resources in the area. I mean, we've got Clarity Clinic, we've got Birthright, we've got Dubuque County Right to Life. There are so many resources in this area. There's no need for a woman to choose uh, death for her child. Mm-hmm. And even if they say, well, you know, um, there's something wrong with a baby. Do you know how many people, couples would love to adopt a child, whether they have Down syndrome or they maybe don't have arms? So many, two million couples out there waiting to adopt babies. Every child is a wanted child. I'd like to know what that statistic is for the misdiagnosis of, of oh. um, yeah. fetal yeah. deformity. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I was doing, and, and uh, I, you can't go for a couple of weeks and not read an article about a, a woman who was brave. That family that brought that child in didn't abort it after a physician gave a bad diagnosis and they're perfectly healthy yep yep and i think we forget the power of prayer isn't that what we're all about here 
That's exactly right. Christ cured lepers. He rose people from the dead, raised people from the dead. Blind, deaf, deformities, Mm -hmm. drove out demons. I mean, who's saying that these kinds of fetal deformities cannot be driven out? That's for sure. True. Speaking of prayer, Mark, you and I were talking about Adoration Chapel and trying to get people in here to talk to our blessed Lord, and you... uh, yeah, on the chatter. I think today. you. I think you had a, a <clears throat> aha moment here. You knew this statistic already. Uh, yeah, but you, I knew you it. You walked but... into the studio and you were uh, you were pale. Well, Church Militant today, and if if you, if you haven't listened to Church Militant or know what it is, go to their website and look at it, look it up. It's ten dollars a month to become a premium user, and the resources on there are unbelievable. There's <laughs> there's so much more than I even knew about until today. But the uh, one of the articles that was on there today was, was talking about the uh, um, the numbers again, and only one in four Catholics attend mass weekly, you know. And it goes right down this list, and it said seven out of ten do not believe in the real presence of the Eucharist, and that really just struck me as again as we've talked about it. But when I read this today and read the article, it was just like it 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 hit me. Why aren't we getting adorers into the chapel? They don't believe. And they, if they don't believe in the real presence, what are they praying to in there? A piece of bread? I'm sorry, you know. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's one of the issues. I mean, if they're not attending mass, or they go, why are they going to mass? Like you said, well, it's because I have to. You know, I got to show my kids that we have to go to mass, but they don't believe anyhow in in, in the Eucharist. So why why would they even go to the chapel to pray? You know. Because what are they praying to? I mean, that, that really struck me today is, you know, mm-hmm. we have to educate people. We can't wait for our priest or bishops to come out with a, uh, with so a how, letter so in, so in how three do, years. So what are the practical steps to the we have to well, educate? Well, you know, get the bellowing ox, read the article that's in there. But, you know, today, on like I said, on, on the Vortex, I, I was... <laughs> I was in awe when I started, you know, and I just looked at all the things that they have done, I mean, hundreds of hours of research on the Eucharist and why, and why, and, you know, and that, it, that it is changed from bread into the body of mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. But I think we got to, you know, we, if we, we, how do we educate the people that are going to Mass, which is only one in four, I mean, Colleen. I think you got to get them. I always thought, wouldn't it be great if all those second graders who are going to make their first communion, mm-hmm. if part of their education wouldn't be, parents, you must take your second grader to the Adoration Chapel. Oh, there's an idea. Right? How many second yeah. graders are making their first communion? Yeah. Right? Part of it is you take your child to the Adoration Chapel and you teach them that this is really Jesus um, and you spend some time there in prayer. Okay, there's one way. What else? Well, first of all, we never hear it from the pulpit. Never. I, I told well, Tom. I'm going to say, said, I'm gonna you know, say this. I'm going to make know. some people uncomfortable, but I'm going to say this out loud. You can't have seven in ten Catholics and have the implication be that it's just lay people that do not believe in the real presence 
of Christ in the Blessed Sacrament and have 100% of the deacons, priests, and bishops believe. That is statistically improbable. Right. So are you yeah. saying we need to educate the priests? I think we need to educate the priests. Look at the reverence. With, and this, goes, this sword cuts both ways. How do you, as a layperson, receive the blessed Eucharist, our, our Lord Jesus Christ, his body and his soul and his divinity and his blood? How do we receive that when we go to Mass? Is it curbside pickup? Mm-hmm. Or are we actually taking time? You know, there's a great article, Colleen, you were co-author on the article going into this September issue of The Ox about being worthy to receive, and part of that, receive the Blessed Eucharist, and part of it is a mental preparation. I am now going to Mass. I am now in the consecration. I am now in the line to receive, and my brain is in tune with what's going on. And if you look at how does the priest hold and touch our blessed Lord during the consecration? How is, how is the blessed sacrament reposed in our tabernacles after communion is received? And what is our liturgical music going on here? Do we need to have continuous background music while we are in communion? Is silence okay while we are with our blessed Lord? Do we, you know, do we, do we need to be singing about wheat and wine all of the time? When or, we, or can we have some silence? When we received our first communion, and, and I'll never forget this. I mean, the nuns directed us, this is how you receive the communion. This is how you, you get it on the tongue. You go back. You kneel in prayer. Put your head down and you pray and thank Jesus for what he just gave you. And think about that, the reverence that is then in, that was instilled in us, you know, what, 65 years ago, you know, and stuff. And I, I still, I mean, I do that. But the music drives me crazy because you can't concentrate, especially if they're up there with the drums and the banjos. I'm just going like, oh, no. It, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I would love to have silence. Well, I, I don't have anything against a good reverent song, hymn, during communion. One is enough. One is enough, yes. Yeah. We, we don't need to have more music simply because there's more people in the aisle. Right, yeah. Mm. yeah. Can we be quiet for a moment and contemplate that you now have the Lord if you're in the front of the church, and there are still people coming from the back of the church who are approaching our blessed Lord. Yeah, it's prayer and thanksgiving time. You know, it's not, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so. But the other thing is, you know, in... I, I, I sometimes I tell Don I, I think we just need to sit in the front of the church because I'm sitting in you know halfway back or whatever, and I'm watching these you know the kid two people in front of me I will say and they're chewing gum and they go up to receive communion chewing gum, and I almost want I just uh, <laughs> knowing me I just want to reach out and grab them and say you can't you can't do this you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean seriously I mean and then you see people just 
saw it Sunday again, received communion, and walk right out of the church. Yep. And it just yep. like drives me crazy because you do you not know what you just received? Well, you, Colleen, you and I talked about that in 2020 when they shut the churches down, and you said something to the effect, maybe the Lord's trying to tell us something. Yeah, you know, we can't really help if other people don't believe. We can't help if the priests don't believe. We can't help if the bishops don't believe. But we can we can make acts of reparation, communions of reparation. We can try to make the best reception of communion we can make, right, reverent, on the tongue, that is the that is the normal way for Catholics to receive. You have an option in this country of receiving in the hand, but the normal way to receive our Lord is on the tongue. I don't even know if the kids are taught that. Everyone's just taught on the hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But so we can do some things, um, and and focus on God, um, and we can ask our priest for a homily every now and then. Bulletin insert. Yeah. Well, we're going to yeah. we're up against the clock, and we're going to come back and uh, let's talk about what the priests and the bishops are going to do going into 2024. You're listening to the chatter on the Chatterbox and FM 98.3 KCRD. We'll be back right after these announcements. We're back. You're in the chatterbox. We are in the studio of FM 98.3 KCRD and the and the mobile app. We didn't talk much about the mobile we app need here. To talk we got to do that app. here. So we've been teasing it in the ox and um, in some the bellowing ox and in some other areas here. But version 2.0 is being uh, tested in the Android store or for the Android store, I should say. The Apple and Android stores make it pretty difficult on technology. You've got to keep adding to and changing, and um, it's not an inexpensive venture, but uh, we're, we're uh, testing the Android version the, and the uh, Apple versions here. And uh, the nice thing is, is the uh, listening live, connecting your phone to the Bluetooth in your car and the Bluetooth in your home, so you can take us wherever we want, regardless of of uh, signals and and dead spots and all of that and the podcasts and the podcast did you see that yeah. mark you haven't downloaded the new version yet no i have so yeah the podcasts are numerous you know and we live very close to the tower or is it the antenna what do we live close both to? okay and yet we don't have a very good radio so we're what three blocks from the thing and can't get it so we listen on our app have you seen her push Bill out on the front porch and say, raise your <laughs> raise hand? Your hand. <laughs> Radio- with the rabbit ears yeah. on him. He is <laughs> such a polite man. He's tall, so that's helpful. Such a polite man. Uh, he was brought up holding the rabbit ears yeah, by the toe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he is a pole. Bill, honey, can you scratch my back? <laughs> All right. Oh, my poor All husband. Right. So anyway, the mobile app is, is, uh, is coming. We were talking about Eucharistic revival and Eucharistic reverence and and uh, all of that and 
and how it impacts Eucharistic adoration, does the next generation believe? Although when I stop in, I see some young uh, men, some seminarians. I stopped in this afternoon, and there was a uh, young woman in there. I'm guessing she was 30-ish, something like I shouldn't guess women's name. I've never been very, or ages, I've never been very good at that. But uh, anyway. Well, and and I'm not, you know, I, I mean, I see young people coming and going too and stuff like that. I'm just saying our numbers are down and, you know, as more, you know, as people get older and they move or pass away and we're losing doors and we got a lot of open hours all the time. Well, you're going to so. lose 10% of your base every year. They're right. either going to die or they're going to move, move. away yeah. or they're going to become physically unable to Correct. make yeah. that commitment. Right, yep. Yeah. And this yep. is the end of August, so pretty soon the snowbirds are going to yeah, exactly. head south. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, but uh, you had you had a comment about you know what should we be doing? So yeah, we got two things, Colleen. We've got what the National Conference of Bishops is doing with respect to mm-hmm. Eucharistic revival, mm-hmm. and then what should the uh, Aquinas listeners, the uh, KCRD listeners? I do? think we want to hear from our listeners. So on the national level, the bishops are going to have this big conference in, is it Cincinnati? No, Indianapolis. Indianapolis Indianapolis in uh, 2024, focusing on Eucharistic revival. But we we should do something here. I want to hear from the listeners. What do you want to see happen in Dubuque? Do you want a Eucharistic procession? We could so easy walk from Cathedral to St. Pat's, right? That's flat. Right, yeah. We could so easy do that. Well, let's frame this here. So when we talk about loss of of um, reverence and believability in the real presence, those that hang on to, I mean, it's not everybody. that There's 25 or 30% of the people that still believe in the in mm-hmm. body, blood, soul, and divinity. If we could paint with a broad brush, it's grandmas and grandpas mm-hmm. and a few moms and dads. If you could pass the faith and the belief of in the real presence onto your children, your grandchildren, your great grandchildren, and you could do it just right here in Dubuque. What would it be? And that's what we want to hear from our listeners. Would it be a pilgrimage? Would it be a Eucharistic miracle? We had those um, that Eucharistic yeah. miracle display right. yeah, come where through. Piasta. Oh, it was in. It was at Columkills. It, yeah. it was in like five parishes around here. Yeah. But that was a couple of years ago. Oh, that was a few years but ago. But every yeah. easel had a nice big picture with a story of a Eucharistic miracle and how the host changed to bread or to uh, bl- the heart muscle, heart muscle. blood. Heart muscle, yeah. um, those types of things really can grab your imagination. And um, do you so, want us to run some programs on the radio? Yeah, should we do that? Well, the miracles of the Eucharist. And the first thing is, is we have to get people to actually believe. So, how do you teach them to actually believe and then want to see the miracles and stuff? I mean, you can see a miracle, but do you still, in your heart, do you actually believe that it's getting changed? You know, I. Mm -hmm. So we have to have. You have to have a starting point, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. for for a second grader or third grader. Where's it at, you know, and and then for the mom and dad to be able to say this is what happens, you know. And I think you got to ask yourself, why does bread change to uh, body and blood? Why does that happen? And it it really becomes about salvation. Mm. I mean, Christ said, "Do this in remembrance of me," and I think somewhere along the line. 
inside this Eucharistic revival. And by the way, now that you lit that fuse here, I told you I was going to call here. I was talking to David L. Gray, and, um, you know, he said, Tom, the Eucharist doesn't need revival. The Eucharist is Jesus, and he don't need no revival. <laughs> It ain't, it ain't him who stopped believing. Yeah. The revival needs to be uh, a laity revival and a clergy revival. Because Jesus, he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, if I quote Paul. Yeah. Yeah. So, just to be clear. Okay, just to be clear. Thank the you. Eucharist doesn't need mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. It doesn't. But maybe one of our future conference speakers, because we have a co- two conferences a year, maybe one of them is focused on the Eucharist and the I'm real in. presence. I'm in. Since we hold those anyway. But going yeah. back to the the Eucharist and the and the uh, you know the salvation, the uh, if you don't believe there is sin in the world and you are in the world and part of your life is sinful. I mean, if you don't believe that, there is no sin in your world. Why would you believe in the Eucharist and, and some Savior that came to save you? From I don't need to be saved. I don't sin. We hear that a lot. Yeah. 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 So. so you think it might start with a sense of sin, recovering a sense of sin and worthiness? I think you've got to connect the dots that says, this is why the world need a Savior. This is why you need a savior. The guy came here, the God-man, true God, true man. His name is Jesus Christ, born of a virgin. And he lived here for 30 years, and then he went on a three-year sprint, spreading the word. And then he ultimately died for our sins. He paid a debt that he didn't owe because we owe a debt we can't pay. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. I'm going to stay with you until the end of time, body and blood, soul and divinity, here in the Blessed Eucharist. And if you don't know the first part of the story, they're not coming for the end of the story. Right. No First Friday, no good, or, yeah, no no Good Friday. No Easter Sunday. No Easter Sunday, you know. Mm -hmm. And 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 just a, a gentle reminder to our all of our prelates who are going to go to this conference, by the way, with a $28 million budget in Indianapolis. Let me say that again. $28 million budget in Indianapolis with an agenda yet to be determined to revive and revitalize the Eucharist. And I don't know you can do that having a hootenanny Singing John by Allah. I don't know what they're going to do, but why wait three years to learn the? You know, great great question. How many how many souls are going to be be lost lost, in the next thirty six months? And why wait three years? And why spend all that money when you could have your priest preaching on the real presence Sunday masses until they get it? Yeah. And even the people in the pews aren't getting it, because if we really believed it, we would be going door-to-door and filling our minivans and our SUVs Mm. with people that haven't been there in a while and say, hey, you got to get here. Mm -hmm. Billboards would be saying, command performance, Christ, 9 o'clock, down on the corner, Mm -hmm. every Sunday. Mm -hmm. 
because he's here. To quote David Gray, Jesus doesn't need to be revitalized. <laughs> he's alive and well. He's, he's the Son well. of God. The real presence. We need to be revitalized. Yes, indeed. Yep. And our clergy need to be revitalized. Mm-hmm. So, listeners out there, you give us your ideas. We are ready and willing to put them into action. Because, you know, guys, it's a matter of life and death. Hmm. This, this isn't yeah. optional, folks. Right. Yeah. This is a matter of life and death. Earth is temporary. Forever is eternity. It's a long time. It's a long time. And you get to the fork in the road, and as, as Yogi said, take it. No, you either go to the left or you go to the right, with the goats or with the sheep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing that this, the, 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 it says on the vortex today, it said uh, no church without it. Okay, so without the Eucharist, there is right. no church. And uh, they talked about, one of the things they talked about in the article was uh, what the Catholic uh, bishops did at their last meeting, and what they did not do. Yeah, what well, they what, did not do is end do. sacrilegious Holy Communion to pro-abort Catholics. They did not end that. They didn't. They didn't even talk about. It. They don't want to talk about it. You know. Well, they didn't even take up the uh, the voice voice vote on on the Declaration of the Eucharist, right? Right. <laughs> so, so what are we supposed to take by that? Well, in the article, it says, we can't wait for these guys to do something. We, the educated ones, this the, is, the ones that I'm know, say, we, have to, we have to educate. I'm going to say it again. This yeah. is brutally difficult to conceptualize, but you can't have 70% of the laity not believe in the real presence of Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Most Holy Eucharist, and 100% of the clergy believe that to be true. Those are statistically improbable. That's right. How many priests do you hear with such great reverence and view with Saint great, great reverence? You know, this, this is just not... A sprint during consecration and during during the. Uh, I mean, just just look how you walk through the sanctuary. How do you reverence the tabernacle? How do you repose the blessed sacrament? How do you approach the congregation as they come for the Eucharist? I think one of the things I think it's hard to uh, for a priest to believe in the real presence when he's got his back to the Lord at the tabernacle all mass. Yeah, there she goes again. Yeah. I mean, right? I yeah. hear you. Yeah. I hear I'm you. just saying, the least the priests could do that believe is turn their chair to face the tabernacle. The least they could do, I hear you, is do that. Otherwise, why believe in something that you know? My back's to the tabernacle all the time, so there's nobody in there. Yeah, it's not a real presence. I can ignore that. So. I don't know, I'm just... And I'll say this even, too, when they repose the Blessed Sacrament, whoever, you know. Do you, do you genuflect before him and then close the door? Or do you close the door and then genuflect? Yeah. Now, that might sound like a little deal, Colleen, but if I go up to your house and you have dinner for me, and then we're finished and I leave your house... And I shut the front porch door, and then I go to the curb, and I start waving, thank you. Or do I say thank you as I leave the front door? 
and then I close the the porch door. That's a good point. Who we have forgotten that it is him. It is not it. It is not something. Forgive the pronouns. It's him. It's Mm -hmm. Christ. Yep. One of the things that I love to see a priest do, you don't see it very often, but after the consecration, some priests will hold their um, pointy finger, is that your forefinger? Index. Index finger, and their thumb together. Mm-hmm. Because those, you know, there might be a, you know, a, a fragment of the host there. Sure. And they'll keep those fingers together the rest of the Mass until after communion when they pure, are purifying the vessels. Purifying the vessels, not doing the dishes. Yeah. Purifying the vessels. Um, but that right there will show a lot of reverence. Sure. And I've heard um, people in the congregation complaining, what's he doing up there here? Let's get this show on the road. Let's leave. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to Mass and the only thing you're going to Mass for, three things. I got to check it off there because it was it was on the deal, and they told me I got to go. Two, I want to know if I can get a donut, and three, I'm I'm speed racer out of the parking lot. Yeah. Now, how did you fulfill the third commandment, which says keep holy the Sabbath, mm-hmm. with your frame of mind there at all? Mm-hmm. And it plays both ways. If the laity are reverent with the Eucharist, their parish priest will be reverent, and if the parish priest is reverent the laity will pick up on this. This is not a, a, a commentary about the parish priest or the laity. It, it, a parish is supposed to be a family. A diocese is supposed to be a family. And it's ludicrous in my mind. That we, where are we going to come up with $28 million? And, and, and think. Ask and, a good Catholic. And think. Joel. Huh? Ask a good Catholic Joel. And, and think that we're going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe that'll be the song at the end of it. We can make a difference. <laughs> go make a difference, is yeah, that the song? Go make a difference, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've heard that one too many times. Oh. The Lord doesn't need to be resuscitated here. He's alive and well. It's, mm. it's his poor church. Mm. Well, and, you know, it's like they said, it, this has been going on for 60 years now, you know, with, you know, the, yeah. just well, the it's falling. Gotta, it's got to stop now, and if not yeah. us, who, and if not now, when? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people don't even think about receiving communion. They think, I've got to go to church, and if I go to church, I'm going to communion. They think it's the same thing. People don't realize you can go to church, and you don't have to receive communion. Right, yeah. If, and... You can go to church and you can re- receive communion, and you gotta engage your brain. You've gotta be gotta be spiritually disposed to receive Him. Exactly. This is the God yeah. of all creation of heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. It's not grab and go. Oh, my Uber orders here. No. And look how loving He is to us, and how helpless He has made Himself. That no matter our worthiness, he allows us to take right. him into our body. You know? Right. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow is right. Yeah. And while yeah. you've lit my fuse on that, okay. you might consider how you're dressing here. Hot pants and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Halter tops don't cut it, yeah. As I said a couple of weeks ago, there is no patron saint of cleavage. Yeah. Yes, keep your fantastic parts to yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, better put that horse back in the barn. We've uh, beat him long enough. Yeah, I guess so. Are we out of time? We're out of time. You're listening to The Chatter on episode 57. Colleen's here. The Hager man is here. Feel better that you <laughs> yes. got that going? Yeah, got that going, yeah. In the name of the Father, Father and the, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Spirit. amen. Glory be to, to the, the Father, Father, and to the Son, and, and to the Holy Spirit. Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. St. John the Baptist loses his head. Pray for, Pray for us. us. Pray for us. Is that not I'm exactly not sure. the way it happens? I don't think so. <laughs> A little nice bit off try. the top. This is the chatter. See you all next week. We love you.